Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is, what's it like to have Voldemort's face in the back of your head? Hey there listeners, I'm Jem. And I'm Rhea, and today we're talking about possibly the most screwed up relationship in all of Harry Potter. (laughs) It's Quirrell and Voldemort time! I think we wanted to talk about this because when we did the commentary recently for the Fools for Stone episode, this was something that Mm -hmm. we were both sort of thinking about more. (laughs) We stumbled on, we were disagreeing on it in episode because neither of us knew exactly like the timeline for when Quirrell was possessed and what was going on with him so it seems like a good idea for an episode topic yeah it's it's fresh it's organic <laughs> we stumbled upon it naturally all right so you're Quirrell imagine it mm-hmm. you're like a mi- awful you're like I hate it <laughs> middle-aged white dude maybe not even middle-aged probably younger than middle-aged mm. you've been bullied throughout most of your life you like pressing wildflowers you like the dark arts theoretically defense against dark arts theoretically that is yeah you're a muggle studies teacher for a while and then you're like i'm gonna take a gap year Mm -hmm. and so on your gap year now this is confusing i think that there's been some stuff added to krill's harry potter wiki which is like from the game from the from um, hogwarts mystery game maybe yeah because I was reading some stuff, I'm like, what? <laughs> that doesn't come up in the books. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know where this is from. But there was some stuff on the wiki saying that Quirrell went looking for Voldemort's remains or mm-hmm. signs of Voldemort's power, one, out of curiosity, but two, out of a desire to prove himself strong and powerful by finding Voldemort or whatever it was like that. It was weird. Yeah. Here's what it says in the HP wiki. At the very least, Quirrell fantasized that he could be the man who tracked Voldemort down, but at best, might learn skills from Voldemort that would ensure he was never laughed at again. Yeah, what the fuck? This is wild. I've got to assume this is new Pottermore information that JK has released that we're not up to date with. It's odd. I, I never saw that in his character before. I mean, Dumbledore describes his character as someone who's greedy and driven by ambition at the very end of the, of the first book, when Quirrell's dead, mm. just so we don't feel bad about him. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I guess. But I still felt bad about him. Like, you know, he he was a victim, I assumed. Yeah. Like, you know. This totally changes everything. Like, yeah. if this is true, that makes me immediately unsympathetic to him being possessed and killed. Mm. But I always interpreted his story as, like you said, 
basically like a young man doing like a gap year and stumbled stumbled into one of the most powerfully magical dangerous people of all time and was slowly sort of driven mad and possessed by him 100 percent. that's how i saw it and like yeah and i have a feeling that this is jk being retconny and just deciding oh people were complaining to me about how cruel had a hard lot so i'm just going to say that this happened (laughs) yeah just sort of making him evil to take away the tragedy of his situation because that's the sort of weird retconny decisions that she's making mm-hmm. to like remove any sort of nuance from the story. It's weird. I don't know why she makes the decision she makes. <laughs> JK has lost the privilege of deciding what's canon. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you're a young 20 something white dude on a gap year. Woohoo. You decide mm-hmm. to go to Albania. Cool. And you're walking around the dark forest, and suddenly you feel the presence of the most dark, evil creature to ever exist. <laughs> you're like, this will be great for when I go back to school and become the <laughs> Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for just one year. Yeah. So I think what happens here from what's described is that he encounters Voldemort, who has then latches himself onto Quirrell's onto Quirrell and returns to Hogwarts with him. So I always assumed that this was the fo- the first point that like Voldemort's just basically been like yeet and jump straight into Quirrell and now he's living as a parasite inside his body but actually from what I've discovered today I don't think that's correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what I was saying when we were doing our commentary and we started disagreeing was he wasn't possessed immediately in Albania. Mm-hmm. There was a point at which Quirrell fucked up yeah. And Voldemort decided to keep a closer eye on him, and that's where he became possessed. And I couldn't remember exactly where it was. Yeah. And that was after the Diagon Alley incident. Yeah, it was Gringotts when that fucked up. Yeah. Quirrell, from Albania, travels... Like, he discovers that Voldemort's there, he knows what's going on. Voldemort hasn't possessed Quirrell yet, but he still travels back to the UK with him. Yeah. Then the then the next time that we know about Quirrell being out in the public is for Diagon Alley, of course, where he meets Harry. Mm-hmm. He is not wearing a turban at this stage. Yes. I actually pulled out my copy of Philosopher's Stone and went back and read it yeah. because I was so sure that he was wearing a turban straight away. Mm-hmm. But he's not. He's just described as a pale young man making his way forward very nervously. One of his eyes are twitching. There's That's the only physical description we get of him. Nothing about what he's wearing, whether mm-hmm. or not he has hair, anything like that. Nothing. Yeah. Up until the next time we see him in the Great Hall where Harry spotted Professor Quirrell too, the nervous young man from the Leaky Cauldron. He was looking very peculiar in a large purple turban. Mm -hmm. So it's notable that this is the first time Harry's seen him with the turban on, and it's strange because he's wearing it now. Yeah. In the movies, they cover up for that by having him wearing a turban the whole time, but when Harry's scar first hurts in the Great Hall, it's when Quirrell's head is facing back. So it's when Voldemort Mm -hmm. would theoretically be looking straight at Harry through the back of the turban. So that's how they cover up the fact that Harry wasn't ah, ah, clutching his scar when he first met Quirrell in Diagon Alley. Yeah. 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 So Voldemort definitely wasn't with Quirrell in Diagon Alley. This... No, because Harry would have sensed it. Yeah, that makes sense. His scar would have hurt as it always does in the presence of Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Don't know how I never clicked to that before, but you're true. You're true. But you're correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Quirrell was acting under orders, but Voldemort wasn't there with him So in some way, shape or form. So that makes me question... How Quirrell broke into Gringotts Bank. Yeah. I don't I didn't get the impression that he was a very magically powerful person. 
Like he's a but he is he's a teacher at Hogwarts, and we know that the Hogwarts teachers are proficient in magic. But he was the Muggle studies teacher. He's teaching like almost an entirely theoretical subject. But I think that he is quite magically proficient because one, he he's able to jinx a broom without using a wand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he he's able to get through all of the tasks to get mm-hmm. to the Philosopher's Stone. And I don't just think this is with Voldemort's help. I think, like, it's established in Quirrell's background that he was placed in Ravenclaw. He was someone who didn't have many friends in Hogwarts, so he spent mm-hmm. a lot of time studying and learning a theory of magic. So I feel like he's at least very, like, good with charms, transfiguration as very yeah. theory-heavy subjects. So he might be really talented with magic, especially with Voldemort's yeah. magic. and I guess he was, like, trusted to be one of the teachers who protects the Philosopher's Stone, because it wasn't all the teachers, it was mm-hmm. a select few of the teachers. And he was the Defense Against yes. the Dark Arts teacher, even though that was supposed to be a temporary appointment. Yeah, yeah. I guess he is magically powerful. I just wouldn't have assumed mm-hmm. that, like... I would think that it would take the best of the best to break into Gringotts. Like, Harry, Ron, and Hermione do it, but they mm-hmm. are... Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and also they do it with the help of a Gringotts goblin as an inside man, mm-hmm. and they fail. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. they fuck it up and they can't escape without <laughs> releasing a dragon. Like, Quirrell got in and out, undetected, to the exact vault he was looking for. The only reason he failed was because it was already empty. If it wasn't empty, he would have succeeded. Mm. Well, we know that he probably has his own vault down there. So he probably, like, went into the bank with the premise of, oh, I want to access my vault. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. He gets taken down there. It's just how he manages to, yeah, overpower whatever goblin that he's with and overpower whatever defenses that are in place to able to get to vault 713 undetected, Mm -hmm. discover there's nothing there, and then get out of there without being caught. Is Mm. That is the crazy part. (laughs) Like, I want to know how he did it. Yeah, I'm very, very interested in how he did it. I've got to assume that he had Voldemort's help somehow. Maybe. Because yeah. what we know about Gringotts is that it is incredibly secure. Mm. Nobody is supposed to be able to break in and out. Well, like, you need to be like a Voldemort or Dumbledore level person to be able to do that. I have a theory. <laughs> You're probably going to hate okay. it. Okay. <laughs> I have a theory. I would love to hear it. Tell me. <laughs> you know how we discussed that? Voldemort travelled back to the UK with Quirrell not possessing him. Yes. But somehow travelled back. Somehow with So him. we knew that when Voldemort Yeah. We knew that when Voldemort was like as a wraith like spirit, he was going through the forests and like, you know, living in the bodies of rats and snakes and spiders Ooh. and all kinds of shit like that. I think that that is how Quirrell encountered him. He was just trudging along, going on a hike, and then suddenly he feels this awful dark energy and some kind yeah. of animal comes out of him. And reveals itself to be Voldemort. He meets the world's most evil rat. <laughs> Basically is what I'm going for. So what I'm saying is that, like, a snake is too conspicuous. Like, there's not, like, it's it's like, even if you've got a snake in your pocket, it's too conspicuous. It's moving around. It's hissing. I think that Voldemort put himself into a rat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in the Leaky Cauldron, I'm assuming Quirrell had a room. Maybe he was staying the night. And so the rat mm-hmm. was upstairs. And then when he goes to break into Gringotts, he puts on his wizard hat, puts the rat underneath it, and Voldemort ratatouille's his way through the Gringotts heist. Wow. I was so on board until you went ratatouille with it. You're right. I hate this theory. (laughs) He ratatouille'd him. That's how he did it. Listeners, just a little quick context update. 
Jem absolutely loves the movie Ratatouille for some fucking reason, and I hate it. <laughs> You've never seen it. I have seen it. How can you hate it? I, when? I've watched it. I downloaded it and watched it at some point in the past few years. I can't remember. I can't give you a specific date and time. <laughs> it's a good it's, film. My problem with Ratatouille, and I, with, this is such a fucking digression, is that is not that it's a bad movie or that it's not well made or that it doesn't have great characters or anything like that. My problem is when I see a rat in amongst a bunch of food, it makes me physically ill. It makes me want to vomit. So I can't watch the movie without wanting to vomit. <laughs> That's why I hate it. Because he's a clean rat. <laughs> There's a part where an old woman... Patrick Oswald rat is clean. There's a part where an old woman is living in a house and she shoots her roof and her roof falls down and there's hundreds of rats in it and they, like, run away. And that made me... I almost... I had to stop the movie. I almost threw up. And then later, right right at the end of the movie, they bring all the rats into the kitchen and the rats all make the food. And... ah, Awful. No. Horrible. (laughs) They're all clean, though. They get sick clean. (laughs) They clean the rats in, like, the kitchen equipment. Now the kitchen equipment is tainted with rats. (laughs) Foul. Nasty. Anyway. Voldemort definitely ratatouille packing (sighs) curl through the bank heist. (laughs) What I thought you were going to say is, like, rat Voldemort. Voldemort was in Quirrell's pocket and he walked him into the Gringotts and then, like, scurried down Quirrell's leg or whatever and he went and did the heist himself as a rat oh but no but we know Quirrell did the heist because Quirrell failed Voldemort and that's why he yeah that that was going to be so it's likely Voldemort like that was going to be my problem and my argument with your theory instead I ended up arguing about Ratatouille and why it is a bad movie (laughs) Voldemort wasn't even there so he couldn't have been Ratatouille and Quirrell at that time yeah (laughs) yeah the point was like Quirrell fucked it up and Voldemort needed to be with him all the time to make sure he never fucked up again. So Quirrell was on his own. Yeah. These are two things that I think don't make sense at the same time. Quirrell was on his own and did the heist on his own. He pulled it off perfectly. Mm. Those are two things that, like, they just don't fit together for me. I don't understand. Well, I mean, like, he didn't pull it off perfectly because he was still detected. He managed to get out without being caught. Still detected, so like he wasn't like infallible, but yeah, I guess a very powerful guy. He's just way more powerful than anyone else knows, and that's weird mm. to me. I guess Dumbledore is suspicious of him, so it's not like it's not like he's flown completely under the radar forever. But all of the other Hogwarts teachers, who are all very learned, perceptive, powerful people, none of them suspect that Quirrell is particularly dangerous or gifted, Mm -hmm. more so than would be normal, I guess. And Quirrell's whole, like, stuttering, terrified mannerisms, like, all of that act started when Harry came to Hogwarts. They knew him for years beforehand as the Muggle Studies teacher. Mm. And as a student. So it's not like they're all, you know, tricked. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, they, they believe the story that he encountered a vampire in Albania, which I always thought was funny because it's like, you know, a soul-sucking parasitic demon. <laughs> yeah, it's Voldemort. <laughs> yeah, um, in many ways. And, <laughs> that is what happened. And that it shook him. Mm. Yeah, and that it shook him and that now that's why he stutters and is very nervous and has a nervous disposition. 
I kind of had a thought that maybe like the whole stutter might just be nerves, but also Voldemort, because Voldemort's possessing Quirrell. I guess my my question is like, we've seen Voldemort possess people before. We know that when Ginny is possessed by Voldemort, she has these huge memory blanks and she's all scared and confused because she doesn't know what's happening to her. Mm-hmm. When he's missing Harry, which is a bit different because he's a horcrux, it's like Harry and Voldemort can see through each other's eyes and feel what each other feel. Mm-hmm. What I kind of thought might be going on with Quirrell is that Voldemort can literally like speak through him like a puppet and like move him like a puppet, essentially. Okay. Yeah. And so maybe that explains part of the stutter is that Voldemort is like speaking through a voice box and a mouth that doesn't necessarily want to be controlled and that he's not used to controlling. Just a thought. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I always just assumed it was Quirrell's acting ability because he snaps mm, straight out of true. it. Like when, like there's that line in the movie where he's like, no one would suspect poor Quirrell. Like he can jump in yeah. and out of it easy as anything. Yeah. We know that he can act too because he often uses disguises and tricks to get in, to get like information and get ahead. So yeah, probably just that. Yeah, he does that to Hagrid, definitely. Mm. Mm. I guess Quirrell is just vastly more gifted, talented than I would have ever suspected. We only really see him at his lowest point, <laughs> which is when he's like very scared, anxious all the time, has gone through a lot. Yeah. So we don't really see has him Voldemort in his, his pride. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hagrid does talk about like you know, when he came back from his year abroad, he was basically a completely different person. So maybe, like, I'm kind of assuming that, you know, he's flown under the radar a little bit. Maybe he was very, like, vocal about being incredibly skilled and powerful before he went away, and everyone's just like, oh yeah, Quirrell's the kind of guy who could break into Gringotts and get away clean. (laughs) But, like, all the teachers just sort of know that about him. Like, yeah, he's a savant. He's incredible. But that all changes when he comes back and is now a broken shell of a man. So they don't really bring it up with the students. <laughs> but that can't be the case if we're going for the idea that Quirrell wanted to prove himself by going on this year-long sabbatical and learning practical stuff. Because he's always been like an armchair guy, like a theoretical guy. Yeah. And then that's why he went on this gap year. It wasn't just for travel. Like he went to actually like get his, you know, get experience, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, maybe he's, like, basically like a gifted kid who's always excelled in school and, you know, went into university early and graduated as a teenager and, like, has his doctorate and all that sort of stuff, but has never actually been out in the world and gotten much practical experience. Mm -hmm. But is still very gifted and, like, magically powerful. Yeah, that seems to be the vibe that people describe with Quirrell. This doesn't line up with the idea that he was bullied all of his life for being a weak weakling and then sought out Voldemort. But, like, I think that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. It's like that weird comic book trope of, like, slimy, weedy, intelligent fuckboy has no friends so turns evil. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We can't stay on this forever. We've got more to talk about. Yeah. So, he's not wearing a turban in Diagon Alley, and then... Because of the failure of not being able to rob the vault successfully, Voldemort's like, uh-uh, you're not, I'm not, I can't trust you to do anything, I have to do everything myself. And so he latches himself onto the back of your head. How do you feel about it? Uh, not great. <laughs> I did want to talk about the yeah. different ways that Voldemort possesses people, and you touched on this before, like differences between Quirrell 
Ginny, Harry, and also Nagini is another one that I want to mention. Mm-hmm. So you were saying mm-hmm. that, like, maybe Quirrell is sort of puppeted around like Ginny is? Mm. Is that what you think? I don't, I don't think so anymore. I think it's more like he's just being bullied around, essentially. Like, Voldemort has a strong grip on him. Yeah. But he still needs a sentient... He needs a body to be able to satiate him and to get him from A to B. So that's why he's clinging on to Quirrell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Quirrell is like a fully autonomous being. I don't think Voldemort is controlling him in any sense other than just through straight yeah. up manipulation. Yeah. Same way that he controls like Death Eaters and stuff. I don't think he's effectively no. under the Imperius or anything. Because I don't think Voldemort's powerful mm. enough to pull off that kind of thing. I think... Ginny's possession with the diary is kind of different because that's not really Voldemort possessing her. That's like a Horcrux possessing her. Yeah, she's not aware of her actions and she's not in control of her actions. Whereas Quirrell, you know, he's being coerced and forced, but he's still able to control his actions for the most part. And like, yeah, remember things. Yeah. I think that like, so... In the moment in Albania when he encountered Voldemort, if Voldemort hadn't, like, basically tricked him into it, he, like, there's a possible reality where Quirrell was like, no, fuck you, I'm not helping you, and was able to resist Voldemort and then maybe was killed by him. But, like, I don't think he was so completely overpowered and overwhelmed that it was impossible to resist. I think he chose, on some level, to Mm -hmm. go along with what Voldemort was doing. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't think Ginny had a choice yeah. at all. I think the diary effectively took her over. In terms of like Voldemort latching himself onto the back of Quirrell's head, I kind of picture it happening like this. Yeah. So the okay, the Gringotts thing fails. Quirrell gets back to his room at the Leaky Cauldron where Voldemort is a rat, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, my master, it's, it's failed. I, I, I tried," and and Voldemort's like. Mm-hmm. Bish slaps him and he's like, fuck you. Like, you know, you had a chance. <laughs> you screwed me over. I can't trust you to do anything. Mm-hmm. And then he wraiths out of the rat, which dies instantly, I assume. And yep. then goes straight into, like, Krill's mm-hmm. head. And all of Krill's hair falls out and there's suddenly a, a face coming out of the back of his skull. <laughs> it's basically what I imagine. I, I guess I've always thought something similar, but I've had a more horrible realisation. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I do like the idea that all of his hair falls out and the face sort of instantly grows. Yeah. I think that kind of lines up with what it looks like in the movie when Quirrell takes his turban off and the face is sort of like pushing its way forward out of his skin. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. I think that's what you're picturing. Yeah. Although, like, the hair is a problem. <laughs> I choose to believe <laughs> that Quirrell was just always bald. <laughs> Any other alternative is awful. (laughs) It's easier that way. What I was thinking of is when (laughs) Harry and Nagini are possessed, they don't get faces on the back of their heads. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. So Voldemort is effectively like a, a presence inside of their body, his spirit or his soul or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess kind of like a voice in their head, but not an actual like physical growth on their body. So, yeah. I think my theory is that the face is just the beginning. <laughs> so I think that Voldemort, oh. like, raced out of the rat, <laughs> went into Quirrell, 
And at first it was very similar to when he rides along with Nagini in book five or when he briefly jumps into Harry in book five. Mm -hmm. I think he was just possessing Quirrell and he was like riding around in Quirrell's body, looking out through Quirrell's eyes, speaking to Quirrell inside of his mind. But I think the longer that that went on, Mm -hmm. the more and more it that it warped Quirrell and the stronger that Voldemort became. And I think that he started to grow a face out of the back of his head slowly over time. I don't think it happened instantly. Yeah. And I... That is something I have thought of yeah. too. Yeah. That could be a possible And thing. I think that he's like fully growing out of Quirrell's back. I think that it, he, as he gets stronger and stronger, Ugh. he would have eventually like grown arms and shit. Ugh. And then eventually just like stepped off him and... Uh, I don't... <laughs> and like... Like, Kirill's face just falls to the floor because it's all that's left of him now. He's become the face uh, in the back of a head. That's what I was thinking. Like, what if he grew, like, a full entire body out of the back of Quirrell and essentially, like, ate Quirrell? Yeah, conceivably. And I'm like, I don't know if that's entirely possible, but Voldemort is so fucked up from all of his Horcruxes. <laughs> what if he essentially is a Horcrux? What if he can kind of do what the Tom Riddle diary was doing and, like suck all of the life out of Ginny and be renewed? Like, what if he can basically graft himself onto Quirrell, suck all of the life out of Quirrell, and just sort of come back just from possessing him for years and years and years at a time? Yeah. Oh, I'm not sure that's possible, because that is why he needed the unicorn stuff to satiate him. Yeah. The unicorn blood, I should say. It's because, like, the you know, possessing Quirrell in this form wasn't ideal it wasn't going to give him the body and the presence that he needed Mm. so that's why Quirrell had to go to these drastic measures like drinking the acorn blood just to sustain him as a parasite on Quirrell's body so I'm not sure that's what it would have happened yeah that's right Voldemort was basically dying inside of Quirrell's body you're right I'm wrong which in many ways is a comfort because my thing was gross and horrible (laughs) (laughs) I think that also comes down to what we've talked about before where it's like big magic like a person's body is not just a body it's also a kind of magic in itself Mm -hmm. and so Voldemort desecrating that he can't just sort of like totally consume it and take it on as his own I guess is what I'm trying to say yeah yeah I know what you mean yeah yeah it does seem like outside of the realms of what we think is possible with what we know about Harry Potter and the way the universe works yeah I I do like the idea of the face growing slowly over time. I just think that with the turban, I think that it was just instant, though. Like, because unless, like, you know, (laughs) it wasn't just a face coming out. It was, like, eyes at first. (laughs) So all of Quirrell's hair fell off. He goes to a mirror, turns his head, and there's two red eyes in the back of his skull. Well, there is... (laughs) And so he needs to find a way. There is, like, hang on, Harry's birthday is the 31st of July and he goes to Hogwarts on the 1st of September. Mm-hmm. So there is an entire month there where Voldemort is yeah. possessing Quirrell. So, like, the face okay. could grow over time, but it's not over months, it's over weeks or days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would solve the hair problem, because if he can feel a face starting to grow out the back of his head, like, that's when you get rid of the hair. Yeah. I do like to think it all just fell off instantly, naturally. Like, Voldemort's so toxic that he's like radiation. <laughs> it just mm-hmm. completely <laughs> sheds him like the Whomping Willow in movie three. Yeah, it just um, drops all of its leaves. <laughs> Great. Hysterically funny. <laughs> My question is like, how do you 
because I always kind of assume the turban thing where he's like, oh, Kuril's like, oh yeah, it was gifted to me by an African fr- prince for ridding him of a zombie. I thought that was mm-hmm. a lie. <laughs> and it seemed to hint yeah. in like the Harry Potter wiki that that was a lie and that's just one of like Quirrell's duplicitous things that he does. And I'm like, okay, yeah. so he bought this turban. So like, if he had a face coming out of the back of his head, did he wear a hood or something to like buy this turban or get this turban? Like, well, yeah, cloaks and hoods are yeah. like part of wizarding fashion. Yeah, I guess he can't wear a hood all the time at school though, so he had to find some kind of headwear that covers his whole head, so not like just a wizard hat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but not his face. Yeah, not his face. So a turban or something along that line would fit into that, you know, category. Yeah, I'm also looking at the Quirinus Quirrell's turban wiki page which has it's it's an entire page mm-hmm. and it's listed under manufacture manufacturer queerness quirrell possibly african prince allegedly voldemort possibly so maybe voldemort <laughs> made him this turban voldemort seamstress <laughs> <laughs> he knitted it himself with his gross little baby arms that were growing out of quirrell's back that we Yuck. just didn't see because like he didn't take off his cloak oh i hate that um, oh, that's that's foul. <laughs> terrible to imagine a Voldemort schlong growing out of, like, Quirrell's ass cheeks or something. Terrible. I hate that. Why? Why <laughs> did you make it so much worse? <laughs> you started this. I did. <laughs> Many regrets. <laughs> Another thing that I do want to touch on with the, the turban is... They had noticed that a funny smell hung around the turban, and the Weasley twins insisted it was stuffed full of garlic as well, so that Quirrell was protected wherever he went. From vampires. Why does Voldemort's face have a smell? Why is the smell like garlic? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have a problem with, like, Voldemort's parasitic form having a smell. I do. Because that's like, that's, I, ha- I don't, because that's like a common supernatural thing, right? Where it's like, ghosts and... And, like, zombies, everything has a distinct smell. Why is it garlic? Garlic doesn't smell bad. <laughs> it smells like I'm about to get pasta. I'm happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> garlic's a nice smell, I think. Garlic is a nice smell. I guess, I think it's probably the association of, like, someone breathing their garlic breath on you, which is unpleasant. Oh, Unpleasant. Anyone breathing on me is unpleasant, though. <laughs> like, if someone had rose-flavoured yeah. breath and they were breathing on me, I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> oh, no, in many ways I'd be more troubled. I know why you have garlic breath, because you ate all that pasta. Were you eating roses? Did you, like, put in mouth spray so you could just breathe on me and I would enjoy it? What's going on? <laughs> what is this situation? I don't like it's it. like a lover or your boss. Like Ugh. what's happening? <laughs> elevator man. <laughs> just just a random elevator Go man. Ah, oh, no good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that is the whole it, like it wasn't just his head. It was the whole classroom smelled like garlic, and we're assuming that's because Quirrell spends obviously a lot of time locked up in his classroom teaching. And maybe doesn't open the windows like a gross white mm-hmm. dude. And so, like... <laughs> yeah. That means his chambers, his clothes must reek of garlic. This is awful. Like, the smell from Voldemort's face is so bad and so overpowering that it fills the entire room. Yuck. It's like... 
It's like when you walk into like a teenage boy's room Ugh. and it's like gross, crusty cum smell. I hate it. I uh, hate that. <laughs> but it's garlic. Don't like that. Also, is it garlic or is garlic just like the thing that the Weasley twins said to like make up this mean lie about Quirrell? <laughs> I don't know if it was just... Because, like, all the students said it, right? That his classroom smelled like garlic. And then the Weasley twins just jumped on that. And were like, yeah, it's to water for vampires. Ha <laughs> <Like>, ha. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a garlic smell. Yeah. This implies to me that Voldemort's soul, like his pure essence, which is basically <laughs> what he's been reduced to, has a garlic smell and or taste. Well, I mean, we know that people have tastes and smells that are their essence because that's what Polygy's Potion does, right? So, like, when the kids drink yeah. Polish's Potion, which is from Crab and Goyle, Crab and Goyle are both gross essences, but they have different grossness to them. Like, Goyle looks like bogeys and smells like, I don't know, crab meat or something. And Crab, like, looks like, you know, <laughs> slime and smells like cement or something gross like that. And then Harry's Polish's Potion in Book 7, with his essence in it, is all golden and it smells, like, pleasant and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, maybe if you were to drink... <laughs> Apologies potion that had Voldemort's hair in it, if he has hair anymore, it would smell like garlic and look like, I don't know, pierce, like, <laughs> something rancid. Like pure essence of garlic, like overpowering garlic, <laughs> apparently is Voldemort's essence. That's an interesting discovery, mostly because of how much sense it makes. <laughs> like, yeah, you've, you've cracked it, like... <laughs> I've done it, guys. <laughs> That's the truth. Also, this means that, like, Wormtail and Bertha Jorkins and, like, everyone who ever met up with Voldemort in the forest was like, hmm, this patch of forest just reeks of garlic. Like, <laughs> so strongly of garlic. Like, am I near a pizzeria? Like, <laughs> what's like, going on? Are these trees just garlic? <laughs> Oh dear. Awful. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> I have questions about All right. Voldemort and Quirrell's living situation. Like, it's covered a little bit yes. in the absolute canon production of a very popular musical, where it's like, yes. Quirrell can't sleep on his back because that's squishing Voldemort's face. And yep. Quirrell, when he brushes his teeth with toothpaste and Voldemort's monologuing about his future success, he says it tastes like cool mint so like it's a good question it's like does Voldemort taste what Quirrell eats does Voldemort like smell what Quirrell smells and can can he see what Quirrell sees like if, if Quirrell's eating like I don't know uh, shrimp and Voldemort hates shrimp does Quirrell suddenly hate the shrimp and not want to eat anymore like what's going on can Quirrell even taste through the overwhelming garlic smell <laughs> He just eats more garlic. He's, he's succumbed. <laughs> I, uh, I think we need to address a couple of key areas mm-hmm. of like just living together the way that they are. Yeah, shitting. Yeah, shitting. showering. One hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> shitting, showering, sleeping, eating, getting pelted with snowballs, and hunting unicorns. Uh-huh. Let's talk about these things. All right. First up, shitting. Bad. Does Voldemort watch Quirrell shit? One hundred percent. That's definitely why he got the turban, <laughs> so that he can stop watching him shit. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that 
also the line from a very Potter musical. Oh, I watch you wipe your ass every day. You can call me Voldemort. Yeah, and that's funny too because Quirrell actually does call Voldemort Voldemort. He doesn't call him Dark Lord. He calls him Master. Yeah. And Voldemort. They're on a first name basis. Yeah, you can call me Voldemort. We're there. Voldemort's not on a first name <laughs> basis with no with anyone. He insists no. nobody calls him Tom and nobody calls him Voldemort. He's weirdly distant about his name. Yeah, and yet I guess because he's sharing a body with Krull, I mean they're there. Like, you yeah. Know? <laughs> Are they friends? Okay. <laughs> Are they friends? <laughs> Yeah, shitting. I bad. don't understand how you could be in someone's body as they're like shitting and living their life for upwards of a year and not befriend them. God, I hope my neighbors can hear me through the walls. Not a, yeah. Not at least have a rapport. Like I'd assume if they're sharing a head, they'd share thoughts, right? To some extent. Are there two brains? Are there one? Like what's going on? Harry overhears Quirrell having a conversation with someone yes. who is bullying him. So Quirrell... Yeah. So, yeah. So Voldemort, Voldemort speaks out loud to Quirrell to communicate. So they don't have any telepathy going on. Okay, so they don't share ports. Yeah. That's that's bizarre to me. The fact that they're sharing okay. a body, they're in the same head, but they can't communicate tel- telepathically. Voldemort can communicate telepathically they must have... anyway. It must be because they can't make eye contact. <laughs> Oh my god. Unless they stand in like a mirror room. Yeah, they have to use a series of mirrors in order to set up legitimacy. That is probably why. And we we keep forgetting that like Voldemort isn't like a full body as well. Like I'm assuming he has a brain, he doesn't though. He's just like a parasite. Yeah. He's just like he's not a physical thing, he's just a wraith. Yeah, he's so, a spirit. Yeah. Let's talk about shitting. Okay. Let's talk about shitting. Quirrell Wears the turban when he shits. Surely. Surely he does. I mean, I'd, I'd hope so. I would want someone watching me at my most primitive state. <laughs> like, my most vulnerable. When I'm at my most peril. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've covered this, but now we move on to the next most concerning. Showering. Definitely he can't keep the turban on while bathing. This is the assumption that wizard's shower have we ever seen a shower or heard of a shower okay even just bathing then well you can keep it on when bathing i wear a shower cap when bathing and it's essentially the similar kind of thing but the key thing about a shower cap is that it's waterproof is the turban waterproof (laughs) this must be why the smell is so overwhelming because he doesn't take it it. off when he bathes and he doesn't clean the turban oh that is rank rank like literally before bed dude you can just take off this turban hi voldemort you know Use magic to clean it. You don't even have to put it in a bucket or whatever the fuck they use. You can just clean it with magic and then wrap it back around. Like, what's their problem? (laughs) Why do they like this? (laughs) Yes, it would be... Like, we know that wizards just used to crap themselves and then vanish the evidence. It would be very, very possible to clean the turban. Uh, Wait, hold on. With bathing, he could just put a shower cap over the turban. (laughs) And then he can... Have a waterproof turban. Yeah, I was going to say, he can't wear a shower cap. Well, he could wear a shower cap. Voldemort wouldn't be able to breathe, but I don't think he needs to breathe. I don't think, yeah, he doesn't think he needs to no, breathe. No, he's living off of Quirrell, like a like a baby with an umbilical cord. Ugh, nasty. 
<laughs> He's getting all the necessary oxygen and nutrients from Quirrell. <laughs> well, the Harry Potter series really does have Empreg. No, no, it doesn't. Don't say that, Coward. It's Empreg. I hate that. That's why he wants his unicorn juice, Ria. He needs to grow into a healthy young boy. Pregnancy cravings because Quirrell is pregnant with the Voldemort in his head. His head. That's why he's he has mood swings. I hate you for oh, saying that to this. me. Awful. <laughs> oh. Okay. So shitting and showering, bad, but possible. Sleeping. Uh sleeping. I don't think he can sleep so, yeah. on his back. No, do you reckon he sleeps standing up like a horse? Because <laughs> if, you, if you roll over, say you fall asleep on your side in the fetal position as usual, you roll over in the night and suddenly it's like, <laughs> like this horrible thing in the back of your head. It's like, don't! And you're like, oh my God, fuck. All right. After like an hour of that I'd be like nah I'd get up and I'd just stand up and put myself to sleep with a sleeping spell or something like that or a sleeping potion that puts me to sleep for a few hours oh fuck that you just jumped straight to standing up like a horse <laughs> it's the only way uh, you didn't even like stop to consider on his side no up, upright like a horse standing <laughs> why not hanging from the ceiling like a bat <laughs> blood rushes to the head real. <laughs> come on think <laughs> it doesn't make sense doesn't it <laughs> I just think that if he was going to sleep on his side he'd have to have some kind of thing that would knock him out for like seven hours so that he's not rolling around in the night and disturbing the dark lord <laughs> <sighs> does Voldemort go to sleep does he get bored while Quirrell's unconscious I know, it's it's a mystery. Does Quirrell sleep? Like, he mightn't be allowed to sleep. Voldemort might keep him awake. Maybe he spends all night, every night, out there hustling, hunting those unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> but we know that as, you know, Quirrell is gestating Voldemort and preparing him for birth, he needs to have a good <laughs> shut-eye every night, and that's why it literally says in the Harry Potter wiki that Voldemort latched onto Quirrell to make sure that he had enough, like, satiated with enough food and water and all this and could get from A to B. So, like, he needs to make sure that Quirrell sleeps so that Voldemort himself can grow and be calm and restful, right? That makes sense, I guess. You need, like, a healthy host. Yeah. So, sleeping upright like a horse, knocking yourself out with potions every night, (laughs) this doesn't speak to me of a healthy sleep schedule. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. There is always the possibility of just cutting a hole in your mattress <laughs> and putting like a massage table. Yeah, like sleeping on a massage table, essentially. <laughs> so Voldemort can just yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone like lies down in bed like you just dropped a brick on the mattress and does not move all night. No. That's not how anyone sleeps. People toss and turn and they roll over and readjust. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so it's got to be that he knocks himself out so that he doesn't disturb him. I think he just rolls around and sometimes Voldemort's got his face squished into the pillow. (laughs) These are the indignities that you have to suffer when you're being grown out of a man's face. Out of a man's head, sorry, I should say. I just don't think Voldemort would allow it. Yeah, that is a problem with my theory. He would be like, oi, fuckhead, you're going to sleep standing up and I'm going to put you in a fucking doze if you don't stop. Maybe, like, you know how sometimes people can just sort of deeply, deeply meditate instead of sleeping? Maybe that's what Quirrell does. Like an elf in Dungeons and Dragons. He just goes into a trance. (laughs) When he said like an elf, I instantly thought of Buddy the Elf from Elf. And I'm like, yeah, he's going to do a deep meditation. <laughs> Is that what Buddy the Elf does? No. <laughs> okay, oh, God. Good. <laughs> I haven't seen Elf in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so what was the next thing? It was snowballs, was it? No, eating. Eating, alright. Does he taste the food that... Quirrell eats. Does a baby taste... No, the baby doesn't taste anything. The baby just gets the nutrients from the mother. Yes. <laughs> I hate this metaphor. <laughs> so, you know, Quirrell eats a croissant that turns into three energy for Voldemort. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. I, I don't know how food works. I don't know that Voldemort is, like, feeling the sensations that Quirrell is feeling. I don't think that's the case. So I don't think no. he would taste what Quirrell's tasting. We solved that one. Thank God. Getting pelted with snowballs by Fred and George. That's gotta hurt, right? Yeah. Like, have you ever been pelted with a snowball before? It it hurts a bit if it's, like, tough enough. Yeah, if you pack that thing with snow and, like, the hard snow, like, it it hurts a bit. It's like being, it's like having, like, a sand ball thrown at you on the beach. (laughs) Yes, thank you. I'm Australian. I cannot comprehend a snowball, but a sand ball, yes. (laughs) <laughs> Someone's definitely, like, just thrown a big handful of wet sand at me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. But if it was, like, if bits of the snow and the ice, like, melted into the turban, that's even more unpleasant, like, I'd assume. Mm, if Voldemort chafe. has any sensation. Yeah. Chafe. Also, sneezes. With, like, a cold... <laughs> Does Voldemort ever sneeze? <laughs> yeah, good, good point. Yeah, I imagine it would hurt, but that's assuming that Voldemort feels any sensation. I don't think he does. No. I don't think he sneezes because sneezes are caused by, like, irritation of your nostril hair. I don't think he really has nostril hair. He's hairless. (laughs) A bold, a bold statement. Alopecia, but just in the nostrils. (laughs) Well, he doesn't have any hair. I don't think he has eyebrows or eyelashes. He's too evil. Like, you said it yourself. He radiates badness and hair doesn't like that. God. <laughs> I'm more worried about like if, if I'm Quirrell right and I've got Voldemort on the back of my head and someone throws a snowball at the back of my head my worry is first of all oh shit I've been discovered like <laughs> someone knows I've got yeah. something on the back of my head someone's attacking me all I'm thinking about all day long is the fact that there's something on the back of my head and I need to make sure no one sees it <laughs> so <laughs> if I feel something hit me on the back of the head I'm like I've been outed I'm, I'm, I'm done <laughs> So I would probably shit myself on the spot <laughs> and blow my cover. <laughs> my second thought is when I hear Voldemort maybe or feel Voldemort's anger and evilness, it's like, oh no, I haven't been discovered, but Voldemort's about to be real pissed at me <laughs> because something's hit me in the back of the head. 
So I had to go somewhere private, like a bathroom or a storage closet or something, and like take off my turban and make sure that Voldemort hasn't been bruised or something like that. <laughs> the idea that like Quirrell has to go somewhere and put up like some silencing spells so Voldemort can scream at him. <laughs> Because the Weasley twins hit him with snowballs. Amazing. <laughs> That's definitely what happened. <sighs> I'm just thinking of um, our Horcrux episode a few episodes back. Yeah. When for some reason I was like a uh, dark lord who defeated everyone by punching <laughs> them in the back of the head. <laughs> it's just, it's lucky for Quirrell that he didn't encounter, encounter that version of Rhea. Very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter who? I took out Voldemort. <laughs> Book one. <laughs> Book one would have been two pages long if Rhea was the main character. <laughs> uh, I punched all the teachers in the back of the head. Quirrell was just the only one who <laughs> had something to say about it. <laughs> had something to hide. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Hunting unicorns. Mm-hmm. This is an in, a truly, truly insane thing. Backseat driver. But for some reason, <laughs> whenever I imagined Quirrell out hunting unicorns, I imagined that he was doing it backwards and Voldemort was the one who was <laughs> drinking the blood. <laughs> and he was like... <laughs> rolling around like a crab. What the fuck? <laughs> That's insane. So what, he was moonwalking around the forest? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a unicorn minding its own business, and this man <laughs> like jumps out from the bushes, but only the back of him, <laughs> and like he moves his arms around and like grabs this unicorn and kills it, but only the back of him, oh, like a crab. <laughs> Picture the scene from the movie where the shadowy figure looks up from the unicorn and then sort of like goes over it and side to side and then flies off. All of that is Quirrell moving backwards. I'm, I hate and love that. That's so fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't know because he wears the cloak and like we don't see. Yeah. We wouldn't know. I just, it makes sense to me that if Voldemort's the one who needs the unicorn blood to survive then he should be the one who's drinking it. But I think it's established. Like, when I read the wiki, it seemed like Quirrell has to drink the blood to satiate Voldemort. Yeah. But I love that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think that's that's the conclusion that we've come to with our terrible pregnancy metaphor. Yeah. But know that as a child, that was how I pictured it going down. I cannot believe you never expressed this to me before. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's, it's self-evident. It doesn't need to be said. It's also very funny to me how, like, when I imagined him hunting unicorns, I imagined him doing it with his bare hands, like a twilight vampire for some reason. <laughs> and not, like, with a wand or some kind of magical, you know... I imagine him just, like, skulking around, jumping out. <laughs> for some reason, I was picturing a big axe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I can't explain why. The vampire thing makes sense because we see him drinking the blood of the unicorn like a vampire. 
Why was there an axe? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Sorry. This episode has gone off the rails. Gen- I'm obsessed with this. Oh my god. Genuinely. <laughs> I went <laughs> I went with an axe because I think that to kill a horse you'd need something really strong to get them to the <laughs> Well <laughs> Oh my god, there's so many things wrong with that. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Okay. <laughs> oh my body hurts from laughing. <laughs> squirrel with a big axe and he just tracked down the unicorns and like cut them down (laughs) (laughs) that's how I figured he did it oh my god okay no (laughs) simply no Uh, (laughs) okay so these are the things Uh, horses have really thick necks they do (laughs) I don't know if I've ever heard of a horse being beheaded with an axe um Usually, when horses are put down, it's shot. Um, Shotgun. (laughs) So. (laughs) Quirrell hunting unicorns with a shotgun is also very good. Backwards. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he bounces the bullets off a big mirror. (laughs) Oh, God. So he shoots the mirror. I hate this. Stop. (laughs) He just used magic. He's a wizard. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, he does choose to drink the blood directly out of the neck like a vampire, instead of, like, harvesting it into bottles or whatever. Yeah, like, dude, you don't have to kill a bunch of unicorns. You can just kill one and, like, drain it. Yeah. You know? Keep some for later, unless it has to be consumed fresh. Like, you cannot preserve unicorn blood. That's probably what it is. Yeah, probably. Otherwise, he's just a madman. I had other things to talk about, but honestly, I'm so exhausted from laughing myself into tears. <laughs> What's the time? We've done an hour. Oh, uh, what have I got here? <laughs> That's there, there wasn't anything else I really had to cover. Just that um, sucks, man. <laughs> like if you've got a face growing out the back of your head, it's not the best time. No, it's, it's like probably the worst thing you can get out of gap year. Yeah. What's it like to have Voldemort's face in the back of your head? Terrible and hilarious. <laughs> Given the gift of life, it's it's actually a beautiful miracle of nature, so I think we should be respectful of that. <laughs> what empreg. <laughs> <sighs> Men can get pregnant. It's all good. Yes, they can. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Okay, God, I'm exhausted from laughing at that fucking <laughs> axe thing. Alright, um... <laughs> I've been Jem, and I think that a Volder Ratatouille is very possible. I've been Rhea, and the most logical weapon to hunt a horse is an axe. Thanks for listening. 
If you want to support us or get in touch, the links to our social media and Patreon are in the show notes. Please feel free to send us so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. You'll hear from us again in two weeks' time. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.